Uh, I've kind of shared with you the story of how I met Jesse and Amy. I went to California with Philip, and uh, uh, Amy's mom and dad put Philip and I up. Philip's known them for years, and uh, they began to tell us a little bit about Jamie, uh, Jesse and Amy and what God was doing in their heart. And just immediately my heart began to kind of just resonate because, you know, we've, we've been uh, in that situation where you don't know what's coming next and you don't want to do the same old stuff. And uh, so we went, went to their church meeting one Sunday morning. They were meeting in a little A-frame church building and uh, uh, just enjoyed being with them. And then we had some time to visit with them before we go. But uh, And as I've shared with you, I felt like that the connection that I had with those guys was not just me and them. It's us and them. And so that's why I wanted to share with you the experience of getting to know them and fellowshipping with them and, uh, uh, and just see what part God wants us to play in them realizing what God's put in their heart whether it's prayer or financial support or just encouragement, put them on your prayer list or, you know, email them whenever you have something for them. But I wanted you to be a part of the joy that I experienced in getting to know these guys and watching them uh, in their adventure and in their journey. And so I asked Jesse to come today and just share a little bit about their journey and uh, where they've come from and what they've been dealing with. And so that you can hear it firsthand and begin to just kind of sense where they are. So, uh, Jesse, if you or you and both, whatever you guys want to do. I'm going to make Amy get up here at some point uh, just because she needs to be. Um, I'm going to wait and see what, what happens there. There may be a time. Um, man, but it is good to be here. It's been fun to hang out, and just thank you for those words. I mean, they are just on point across the board. I can't remember all where all they all came from. With a uh, young lady talking about healing bomb, and you had Amy at healing bomb. Like she's like, I am in healing bomb is like her thing, and uh, that that idea of the tree, and and this was really important for me, Karis. Um, it had probably been years ago. I, I feel like I had this word, and it was out of Isaiah, and Isaiah talks about. The stump of Jesse, and it's from the roots of Jesse, there will be a branch that bears fruit. And I remember thinking about that, and the Lord spoke to me at that time, that what we were about to get into was not just about what we were about to get into for ourselves, but something down the road and for our children and for other people. And so that really reminded me of a word that had kind of got a little dormant, and uh, so I appreciate you bringing that up. The Steps of Faith, man, have you guys seen the Indiana Jones movie, The uh, Last Crusade, and he just starts walking out, and as he walks out, the stones appear and create this bridge? I mean, that is like where we're living, and that was, man, that is just, that's it. So uh, thank you for that rest. People, people talked about rest, and you know, we had a great time with these guys this, this weekend, and people ask, what did you all do? What have you been up to? And like, I don't know, we ate, and we kind of rocked on the porch, and... Uh, <laughs> You know, I was rocking on the porch the afternoon or two ago, and I just about fell asleep. And Amy's like, you're falling asleep, you know? Like, I just took a nap out on the porch, and uh, it's been a really nice time. And so, um, and, you know, Mike was like, that's a good sign. I'm like, all right, you know. So we're having some fun with you guys. And it, and it feels, it does, it feels like family here for us. And, and we didn't know what this was all going to be about, because people were asking us, like, what are you guys going to Texas for? I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, who are these people? I don't know the people, you know. They're, they're bringing us out, like. You know, what are they going to ask you to do? I, you know, we're just going to go hang out. And uh, it's been really refreshing to be with, uh, you know, Micah and, 
the house there and, and Joni, and it's just been really helpful for us and to connect with some of you guys yesterday and into today. So, uh, yeah, we just thought we'd share a little story. I got a few things that God's been working on my life that the best I can do is pass those things on and, and maybe it'll, it'll connect with a few, a few guys. But uh, Amy and I have been married um, 18 years, uh, 18 years, and uh, we still fight like cats and dogs. I mean, it's still wild in our household. Uh, over really important things like who left the, left the uh, you know, cupboard door open. You know, you have one of those cupboard doors. I always am sure that I close that thing, and I walk, you know, walk away, and it's like halfway open. I'm like, gosh, there's a demon in that thing, man, just getting us in trouble. So we, yeah, we fight over those little things, but we have fun together. Uh, we have three kids and uh, a little dog, and the three kids never take care of the little dog, even though they promised they would. They, they begged us for a dog, and they had this whole chart drawn out. Man, I've put that dog on Craigslist more than once because I'm just done. And, you know, they'll cry about it and make their calendar, but when they're going to walk it, you know, never happens. So that's, you know, our household. Uh, we live in Ventura, uh, Ventura, California. It's on the coast, and it's about an hour north of Los Angeles on the planet of California where we come from. And uh, we've been there a while. Amy's from there. We've been there about 15 years, so we really have some roots there. We, we enjoy that. I grew up in New Jersey, uh, so don't mess with me. Um, <laughs> I'm also a Giants fan, but my wife's a Cowboys fan, so my kids are just all messed up. But you know, we we figured we figured out. Um, I gotta have this beard right now. Hair's long. I can't get in with my hairdresser, who's my wife, and I just could not get into an appointment before we left. Uh, and I have this beard right now, and I don't mind having a beard sometimes, but I was going to shave, and it's like, you can't shave it because then you'll look like your dad. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So trying to get my dad to grow a beard so I can take mine off and uh, change things up a little bit. Um, but Amy and I had some different, up, different backgrounds growing up. I actually didn't grow up in the church, so my dad, my dad loved Jesus. He, he did it in some different kind of... Uh, a little bit unorthodox way. I didn't grow up in the church, didn't spend any time in youth group. I went to youth group about once. I went to this little youth group uh, at a small church. I think it was Episcopal Church maybe in our, in our town. I grew up in a real small town. And I got to youth group, and I, and I didn't know anybody, and I was you know, scared out of my mind. I was a super shy uh, kid. And the opening sort of activity for the youth group was this kind of hide-and-go-seek game. So we got to hide in this church building, and we, and we hid. And I hid really well, really well. And I never came out. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't bother looking for me. They didn't know I was there. I just hid in this corner the whole time. And then eventually the youth group let out, and I just I kind of walked home. You know, and that was it for me, uh, a little bit of my personality. So I, I can hang with I mean, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm also very, very afraid of people. And my eyebrows are up. It's because I'm really scared a lot of the times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, and you all have some very interesting people, too. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, really. Uh, so, you know, we like to have some, uh, we like to have some fun, but uh, God got a hold of my life when I was about 18, and uh, really gave me a heart for missions through, the, through YWAM, or Youth with a Mission. Some of you may have heard of this program, and uh, a little six-month discipleship program that I was not really interested in, and God just interrupted my life big time, as he can do, and uh, this was in Hawaii, and I actually met my wife in Hawaii, and, you know, long story, kind of long, but... Uh, we'll have to catch up another time. I met my wife in Hawaii where she was living at the time. Her whole family had moved over there. And um, you know, I did Bible school over there. I started an awning company over there. My dad was an awning man by trade in the summers where I grew up. So he's big canvas awning, started an awning, awning company. And uh, you did the Bible school thing. And, and out of one of my Bible school times, there's a, you know outreach out of that. So every time we did some learning, and you got to come out of these learning environments, you need to get on the field. And uh, was en- ended up in a place, place called Fiji, this little island in the Pacific, F- Fijian Islands, and uh, lo- lots of villages, some cities, but just really rural kind of ministry. And 
And I had my heart to go, and I was excited about it, and I just come out of Bible school. Man, I'm going to go and, like, preach the word, preach the gospel. I'm going to disciple these people, teach them how to read the Bible. You know, I was really, really fired up at that time. And I get there, and I get to the campus where I was going to be staying. It was a series of sort of huts. and did some church things and some Bible schools out of that. And, and, uh, and I had told a guy coming out, like, hey, he's like, what do you think you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. I could help teach the Bible school, you know. So I'm coming out of Bible school, so now I'm a teacher of, of Bible school. And, and we started walking around this farm where they're at, and they had, you know, different pens and things. This is the director of this, of this kind of mission. And um, he starts pointing some stuff out, and we get over to these, these pig pens, these pig styles. There's about three or four in a row, all their, all their pigs were, and they had it kind of drained, which they thought would drain into this latrine for all their waste. It would kind of wash this way, and they found, you know, they, he found out, like, you know, we put it on the wrong side of the pig pens. It, the, the pole is going, is going that way, and we have this whole pit over here, and he's like, so what I'd like you to do is put in the pig pens toilet over here. Can we dig a big ditch and, and a latrine for the pigs over here so when their waste runs down, it goes there? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Didn't you hear that guy out of Bible school, buddy? I'm not digging a toilet for no pigs, you know, but man, I had to get a shovel out and, and I'm digging through slop and for weeks, you know, I fixed screens and uh, it was crazy because it wasn't really where I thought I would be, but it was a perfect place for me, right? Ever been in those places? It's not where you imagined you'd be, but when you really step back, ah, this is the perfect place for me. I needed that. I needed that. And then it really catalyzed my heart for missions and caring for people practically and uh, sometimes that causes tension with the church, and I remember being in Africa one time and visiting an orphanage of, of AIDS children. So it was uh, all kids of AIDS who had, their families had uh, abandoned or disowned or, or were dead from, from the AIDS virus, and so it was this orphanage of children with AIDS. And, um, you know, we get, get over there, and, and there's a certain group of them who were, there was too many for us to connect with all of them, but there was a group that was allowed to come out and play, and we kicked the soccer ball around, we come to find out that these were some of the sickest kids, so they let them out to, to play with us, you know, and I was like, oh, man, it just wrecks, it just wrecks my heart, and you come back to church here in the West, and you're just trying to reconcile these things, how does this go together, how can this be, be the same thing, and so my wife and I, you know, we, we like to ask questions, and, and we're always wondering where, where we should be, and our journey has taken us, you know, back and forth across the country, and, um, you know, loving where we live, live now, and I come out of, I just came out of a big church, was in, serving at a big church for, for about 10 years, a little over 10 years, full time, and, um, and every, every few years in that time or seasons, we just like to ask, are we going the right direction? Are we in the right place? Which is always a healthy question for us to ask for any of us, right? Am I in the right place? Is, does God have anything to say to me now? Are we, or are we good? Should we just remain? Should we, should we, should we stay? So we ask these questions and over and over again, over this tenure of times, so I didn't know, I had no interest in being in the church that long. That was not what I set out to do. Um, but every couple of years we'd ask, like, nope, you're supposed to be here, you're supposed to be here, there's going to be some new things you're going to be doing here, new things you're doing here, and, and uh, you know, in a, in a few years ago when we were asking these questions, there was just something a little different, there was a little stirring in our heart, like, okay, that's different, that's a new feeling, and, and uh, if you're like me, a lot of times we ask, like, what, are, what, am I called, what, am I, what am I called to do, right, what are you called to do, what are you called to do, what's your calling, what are you called to do, and I'm kind of approaching God, like, what are we called to do, and and God reframed that question for us in a real powerful way for us. And God said, well, don't ask what you're called to do. Ask who, who are you called to? Who are you called to? Who are you called to? And by, and, and, and by who are you called to, it's their name. It's their face. It's a person you know. Who are you called to? And it's a powerful question to ask in any season. Who am I called to in this season? That could be your wife. It could be your kids. It could be your neighbor, a coworker. I don't know. Who am I called to right now? 
right? It's different than, oh, I just feel called to missions. All right, that's a good thing. Well, who are you called to? Who's that person? And God, be, God be able, began to speak names and faces and acquaintances and, and people from the bar and from the grocery store and coworkers. And he began to form the, the, these people. This is who you're called to. These are the people you're called to. And so Jesus began to inform our mission, which is always nice. We can let our understanding of Jesus inform our mission. Because we could all come up with mission, right? We could all come up with something to do. That's not hard. Right? We know enough about how the world works in church. I can find a mission to get, go on and something to do, whether locally or globally. But we let, allow Jesus to inform this mission, right? And that's kind of our missiology. We begin to think that through. How do we reach these people then? What's the best way to reach these people? And we, we just have a burden for community. We thought, man, these people... They need community. They need community. Authentic, true, over-the-table, messy, relational community. And we just didn't have that at the church we were serving at. And I love the church. I grew up there. I'm I'm grateful for it. But, man, this didn't fit the people we felt were on our heart. I'm like, God, we need a new kind of community in this town. God's like, start one. I'm like, God, that's not what I was saying. (laughs) That's not what I was bringing to you. Oh, we need this. Not the answer I was looking for. You know, you got to be careful with God. When you start bringing prayer requests to him, sometimes he calls you out to be the answer to that prayer request. You do something. God, I pray for that person, man. I wish they, they, just, need a, they just need a new car so bad. And God's like, well, you got two cars. Give them one of your cars. Right? So you got to be careful when we approach God. But God spoke to us like, you are that person. And I hadn't ever expected of that of myself. You could ask my wife, and I remember the day I came home, like, man, I'm supposed to be lead pastor of a new community. And she's like, yeah, I knew that. But, man, it took me a while to get there, and God led me into that place. So there's a few verses I just want to share with you uh, that have been kind of working on me. They've been really helpful, and some of these words sort of echo these things as we, uh, as we process this. And one of the great things I had to learn over this time, and still am, and um, someone spoke, spoke of it, uh, kind of about getting out of the boat and who's with you or not with you. But at the end of John 21, uh, in the book of John, chapter 21, uh, it's this great story of reconciliation with Peter, right? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And there's this beautiful little moment where Jesus and Peter are, are, are reconnected and, and Jesus extends invitation to Peter to follow me, follow me. And, you know, Peter's heart is just restored. And he's excited to go. And, and he begins to follow Jesus and have this conversation. And then very quickly, he looks over his shoulder and says, well, what about that guy? What about that guy? He said, hey, I'm calling you to follow me, and it's going to be pretty crazy. Well, what about him? What about John? And Jesus says, never mind you about John. You follow me. You follow me. And, man, one of the great things, things that just plagues our human condition is looking around the room. What about that guy? What about him? What about my neighbor? How come he has that? How come she has that? How come he looks like this or, you know, has this home and has this ministry? We're looking around. Comparing ourselves to other people. Jesus said, you follow me. And I'd look around, I'd look at other church planners and, and, and people I thought I was better than or worse than or where I should be or not be. She said, you follow me. You follow me. He said, it's not about them. And then he said, it's not even about you. It's about me. It's about me. And we've had to focus on Jesus. And those words came out. And you talk about someone mentioned getting out of the boat he said, don't worry about if anyone's following you. You get out of the boat. I'm not talking about the other guys. You step out here. Man, and we begin to kind of live in that. Oh, it's about Jesus. I'm okay. 
We can kind of put our blinders on a little bit. Don't worry about what the other guy's doing. Don't worry about, well, don't worry about the other family's doing, right? Don't worry about how much better you think they are with their kids or how much more money they have or this, that, and the other thing. They're healthy. They have all this. Like, don't worry about that. You worry about Jesus. And God, Jesus has been working on my life in that way. He didn't even worry about what I was going to do. He just wanted to work in me. He's working in my wife and I. And, you know, the most important work God will ever do through you is the work he'll do in you. We've got to let him get to the heart. He doesn't care about all that stuff. He can do that stuff. He does the work. He's not worried about that. He wants to do work here. So we allowed him to work, trying to work in our hearts. And of course, Acts 2, and Acts 2, uh, there's this great little paragraph that talks about the church that we've just been musing on. Like, man, we don't even need to look any further. And it's this early church, and, and, and you know probably some of the picture, but he just says, this is what they did. They, they broke bread in homes with glad and sincere hearts. I was like, man, they broke bread in homes with glad and sincere hearts. They listened to the apostles' teachings. They, they went and praised in the temple courts, and they looked after orphans and widows. Man, there's a mandate of stuff to do there. We don't need to figure out anything else. That's plenty. That's plenty. At the end of this, this paragraph, he says, and God added to their numbers daily. You know, God's working. And I look at that kind of community, I think about a community that we would want to become, Man, if you live like that, people are going to want to be part of it. You care for orphans and widows. You get together over the table and, and laugh and break bread and drink wine and you sing songs. Man, I want to be in on that. He's given us this recipe that just works. People are going to be attracted to it. You know, so my wife and I, again, we came out of this big system, and Mike and I have processed some of this, and there's all these things you can do to get people in. Man, just, just do those things. Just do those things. And then finally, this has been just, uh, just love, been musing on this for, for a number of months, and it's out of John, first, uh, John, first chapter of John. And, you know, see, in the beginning was the Word, and the word, Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things came into being through the Word. And just John paints this picture of how glorious the Word is, how glorious Jesus is. And he set the stars in their place. Time, space, and matter, matter were breathed out of his mouth like he created and he goes on in verse 14, says, The word, this word, this magnificent universe-creating word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory. And this dwelling in the Greek is this, this word for tabernacle, or to, tabernacling, or to pitch a tent. Right? It's pitching a tent. It says, God came and he pitched a tent. He pitched a tent among us. And he, and, and, and he sojourned, he traveled with us. John says, man, this guy who's out of the universe... Outside of the entire universe, he came and he pitched a tent with us. And I love that. We've kind of just been musing on that as we think about tabernacling. Now, we don't live in, we don't tabernacle, right? We don't all live in tents. And it, it kind of recall the Old Testament when they'd be moving across different areas of the de- desert and they'd have to tabernacle and they set up these tents. But, but we go camping, right? We go camping. We pitch tents camping. Man, you think about that. <laughs> and God came down and he went camping. He went camping with us. <laughs> and he went camping. And, he, and we, we just kind of think about this, this picture of expectation over Jesus at that time, right? He was going to be this real shiny, glimmering Messiah that was going to come and deliver the people from Rome. He's going to be this sort of amazing, you know, dressed up person. So now he's just going to go camping. He's going to hang out with us. Man, I can almost picture John, the writer of this book, probably in his old age, reflecting on that. He came and dwelt with us, right? He moved into the neighborhood. He moved into the neighborhood. He moved with. 
wasn't, it wasn't like he was passing through. It wasn't on a short-term mission trip. He came to dwell with us. I know when we kind of think about it in our context, right, for us, camping is, is so beautiful. And I, I love to camp. Some people like it. Some people, you know, camp at Holiday Inns, wherever. But we love going out and camping. I love going out and camping. But camping is, that's always so honest, right? You just strip down. Everything's stripped away, right? You just pull things out. Right. And, I, you know, camping is hard, too, right? I mean, you whether you have a motorhome or a trailer or a tent, man, we fight about trying to back in the trailer. My wife's like, no, that way. I'm like, you're pointing the wrong way. You know, it's help us out. You start putting the tent together, and you find out one of the kids broke one of the poles, and you're just like, ah, I mean, it's messy. It's wild out there, right? But it's honest, right? There's less makeup camping, right, ladies? You're like, oh, no, is this less makeup? You know, the boys are peeing on trees. I mean, it's just... It's just people hanging out, getting dirty. Everybody's dirty. There's dirt everywhere. You can't keep clean. But it's life with, and whether it's with your family or friends, you're with, you're together, you're, you're sharing meals together, you're getting dirty together, you're exploring together. And there's this togetherness that John is saying, man, this, this God, he came down to be with and to be together. It wasn't a pass-through, fly-by kind of mission. And then Jesus, Jesus, what does Jesus say toward the end of his time? He says, I'm with you always. I'm not even going anywhere. I came to dwell with you. I came to pitch this tent with you. I came to camp with you as long as you're here. I'm in. Man, what a beautiful picture. And I come from a, a very go, go, go into all the world sort of background, which is super important, I believe, in world missions. It was always go, 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 go. And this was sort of our, our, the missional essence. You know, this essence of missional living is just to go, 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 go all the world. Where am I supposed to go next? Go into all the world. And if I think about this in our season for my wife and I, if, if, if sort of the hard the essence of, of missional living was to go, the heart and essence of incarnational mission is to stay. It is to dwell. It is to be with. It is to be together. It is to be present here with your neighbor, like your literal neighbor, right? with the people in this room, with the people you share a table with, Without having to worry about where am I going to go to next? What's my calling? Man, look around the room. Your calling's right here. Back to your house, look across the street. There's a calling for you. They're praying for that person. It's to dwell when we're, when we're, we're, just, we're learning that because we can be a little hyperactive and want to get on to the next phase. And just keeps coming back. Just, just go camping with people, get dirty with people, right? get, get the campfire going with people, have honest conversation with people. You know, it's talked about, man, Jesus hung out for, for three years with these guys, and it wasn't all miracle stories, right? You get a little bit of the highlight reels, but man, there was this time in between. They were walking from town to town, right? They had to eat and, and joke, and they had to bathe somewhere. I can picture them all jumping into the lake and, you know, naked and having a good time, you know? Yeah, I might be the town heretic at some point, but I'm just going to let it fly. But they got to know each other. And so when, when they came out of that and they began this, the stories we see in Acts, they thought, that's what we do. We hang out with people. Let's get a bunch of tables together. Let's care for people. And that was the model. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close, I don't know, and maybe Amy could come up here real quick. So I just think you guys need to see Amy. I can get excited. I'm like, look, Mama preaching in Texas. This is amazing, you know. But uh, I just want you to share this anything maybe even about your women's dinners and kind of hearts hearts for that so my wife is a heart I, I you know i'm this is this this is the start of this whole thing so i'm lucky to have her but uh here you go i told you he does this to me <laughs> 
I don't like talking in front of people, so I'll try not to be awkward. <laughs> um, everything he said, yes, that's what our heart is. And um, <laughs> I'll share, my heart has been really for just the women in our community at home. And we found that there were so many um, programs. And, you know, in a normal church, it's like you go to this women's group. And if you're this age, you're in this one. And if you're a young marriage, you're in that one. And By the way, that's not normal church. <laughs> this is normal well, church. you know, yeah. But yeah. the church that has become, yeah. you know. This is why I don't get up here. You're going to correct me. <laughs> Just uh, also, no one told me to wear waterproof mascara, so if I have it all over my face, like, that's embarrassing. I don't usually cry, so I don't even own waterproof mascara. But <laughs> Anyway, so my heart was really, I just heard the Lord speaking, like, to get people around the table and not to be, because I felt like, oh, great, now I'm, like, this pastor's wife role, something I didn't want to do, and um, but I have to start a Bible study or a girls group or whatever it is, and um, God just spoke to me, like, you, your gift is hospitality. I love having people in my home, and even when I don't invite people over, they come in my home, and, you know, we just always, there's people waiting on our porch when we're not there, and that's weird. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, you know, anyway, so I just kind of put it out there. Like, I'm going to make a meal, and whoever wants to come, come. And we cleared out all our furniture. We just live in a townhome and cleared out all everything and made tables go through my entire house and put up chairs, and 24 women showed up, all ages. And it was amazing. There was, like, I didn't want it to be, like, okay, we're going to focus on this or that, and I just want everyone to get to know each other and, by the end of the night, people are crying and praying for each other and laughing, and no one wanted to leave. And so I knew that was God. And we've been doing it the last, I don't know, five months. And every time has been a little different. And we've got our random unsaved people and neighbors and people all wanting to be a part. And yeah, that's, that's what I am excited about and what God's doing. So get this away from me. Yeah, you go ahead. Does, does your heart resonate with that story? Doesn't that excite you to see something like that? Well, we appreciate you guys coming. Uh, hand me that. This was a notebook that, that uh, from the words that people had, and Abby made a little book out of that so you guys can take that and just read it and spend time before the Lord. And uh, I'd like for us to pray for them before they go. And just take a couple of minutes and 